Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan the Man Duran. What's going on, Dan? Well, Jenny, I mean, I could tell you about the problem I'm having with the skunk right outside my office door, but instead I'm going to tell you, yeah, I'll reach in here. What I'm going to tell you is how excited I am to be talking about a topic that arguably is the most discussed, the most important to clients and athletes, uh, period, end of sentence, and that is body composition. Yes. So body composition, we're going to relate it to one of my absolute favorite topics as a fitness professional, and that is strength and conditioning. I absolutely love working with athletes. I am an athlete. Like I love working with them. It's, it's absolutely what I love doing in this field. And I found that out probably halfway through my career. I realized that it's more like specialized, advanced people. Like my husband laughs at me. We'll go to sporting events, like the local soccer team here, the pro team. I'll go watch them. And I'm watching the trainer with the athletes on the side, not the game. And he's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, watch them move. Like, it's amazing. Look at them, look at them go. And he's just like, you're so weird. I'm that person who's watching everything on the side, but so excited to have a phenomenal guest with us, a former collegiate athlete, professional strength and conditioning coach, Chris Reeder. Welcome, Chris. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I'm super excited to get to talk about this. I don't get to talk about it as much now that I'm not on the floor coaching. So I am, I am hyped. To, do to you miss it? Time. I get the the coaching itch every once in a while, but I do have a really cool position here. Um, but every once in a while, I'm like, boy, just to blow a whistle or, you know, yell at someone. <laughs> I do miss it. I love, have you seen Ted Lasso? Yeah, I am that guy. I never used a whistle. I just right, whistle. Clap whistle. For like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that when I coach volleyball. Yep. I'm just gonna yell yep. whistle. <laughs> I love it. So, Chris, tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you got started in the fitness industry. Take us way back. Start from the way beginning. back. So, um, I got started in the fitness industry. You know, collegiate athletes didn't know what I want to do. Like most athletes, exercise science sounds like a fun major, so did that. Um, so at the end of my undergrad career, I was like, okay, what do I do with this? And, and so I did the classic, everybody wants to be a physical therapist, right? Everyone wants to go to PT school, got into PT school, um, did some shadowing. And I was like, absolutely not for me. Um, <laughs> this is not what I wanted to do. So took a step back and I was like, okay. And, and you know, after having some really cool people in my life, kind of show me the options, I decided to go, you know, very similar to you, um, strength conditioning. Um, so I, I went and did my master's in, in exercise phys with a concentration of strength and conditioning. Um, and then that is kind of how I got pushed into to coaching and then an extension, more um, athlete monitoring and, and things that come with athlete monitoring. So was on the floor for a while with some collegiate teams. And then again, with the development and technologies and tracking technologies, they were like, hey, you're pretty good at this and you show an interest in this. Why don't you take this over? And that's kind of how how I got started. Um, 
bumped around with some teams, was with the the men's national team for for a while. Um, and then now I'm I've switched over to the the commercial side, which is also really interesting. Uh, you know, I never thought it would be for me. And then I realized like there's a whole other world to this. Um, you know, and, and there's more opportunities, more things to explore on the commercial side, which is, you know, something that I, I will admit I was like commercial industry, you know, commercial fitness. I don't know. And then now I love it. So um, that that is kind of my background. So, again, very much ingrained strength conditioning coach. Um, and I've kind of found this really cool hybrid role for myself here here at Evil. Yeah. Very cool. Now, I'm curious. You said the national team. What sports did you work with? So uh, I was mainly field based. So soccer, field hockey's, lacrosse's, um, cross countries, but uh, mainly mainly men and women's soccer at the collegiate level. Um, and then I, I went to the USL, um, which uh-huh. is the tier below MLS. So I was with a, a team there for a while, and then I transitioned to the the national team. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Such yeah, a cool experience. Soccer, yeah. yeah. I might be picking your brain, Chris. I've got a, a junior becoming a senior, and we're trying to get him a scholarship for lacrosse. We just got back from Utah yeah. at uh, whatever they call them. Um, you know, where they, all the coaches come and watch them. And, yeah, like showcases. Uh, or yeah, whatever. it was a showcase, two different yep. showcases. Yeah, I've heard a lot of whistles the last week, <laughs> speaking of which. And now I can't get this song out of my head by Too Short. Blow the whistles. Come, tell me oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a classic, man. That's an awesome song. We'll and I just keep here, hearing man. Too Short in my ears. All right. So anyway, uh, back on topic here. You know, Chris, when I got started in, in this industry and understanding and learning about body composition, really there was there was skinfold and hydrostatic weighing. I mean, and hydrostatic weighing, you know, they, I'm sure they still do it, but they drive the unit around and take it to different gyms and take it to different schools and so forth. But in the last, you know, let's just call it 15 years, um, the evolution of technology is just mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. So can you share with us and our listeners, you know, what are some of the types of monitoring devices that we can use now and how does monitoring those athletes and those technologies, how did the how does that enhance performance or reduce injury and yeah. so forth? So, you know, with body composition, we'll start there and then we'll kind of fray out a little bit with body composition specifically. Like you said, it was always calipers, right? Or you had to go someplace that had a hydrostatic weighing tank. And, and you know, I, I think a lot of, you know, your collegiate um my wife has an exercise phys lab. She's, she's a professor. So in her lab, she does have a hydro. Um, is it used that frequently? No, because there's a, a lot of, that goes into it. Taking your clothes off, getting in there, trying a couple of times, make sure you blow out all your air as you go under. Like there's a lot that goes to it. So, you know, you, I, I do think in terms of everyday tracking, everyday use, BIA technology has kind of been the thing that's popped up as this is convenient. It's accurate. It's reliable. And it helps coaches um, because, you know, you don't need a whole separate room for this. You don't need a giant footprint for this. This is something, again, the research shows that it works. Um, you can do, you know, some type of body composition assessment within 60 seconds. So I do think, you know, in terms of kind of the things that we're seeing jump um, or kind of come up to the forefront, BI is the one in most of your commercial settings, but even in, in collegiate settings that, you know, I can have my, all my athletes, you know, I have 25 guys, I'll hop on there. They do a scan and I can look at kind of what's going on in terms of how their body comp has changed from preseason, in season, or, you know, postseason, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, 
with those technologies, one thing I, I do always mention is um, the, the fight that I always had to fight was making sure that my athletes knew the difference between monitoring and surveillance, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, because I do think there's a there's a fine line, especially the more high performance your your athletes or your your clients are. Um, you need more data to you know because they do have such a good um, training background or a high training age that um, you know the little things do matter. So the more data we can collect, the more we can hopefully kind of fine tune whatever training program they're on. Then again, they're like, why are you collecting this? Why are you doing this? What are you doing with that? So, um, you know, uh, with that, that, that's one thing I'll always kind of set the ground with is make sure we're monitoring and not, you know, big brothering our, our athletes. Um, <laughs> it is good, but it can be overwhelming, obviously. Um, but, you, you know, with body composition specifically and technology associated with uh, body composition, um, I always use it in conjunction with something. Um, you know, again, I've always used BIA or, uh, again, whether people are like, well, you shouldn't use DEXA or skin folds or hydros. I use BIA because most of the, the scanners that I've used are five compartment models. So they give me, um, a lean mass, fat mass breakdown and limbs as well. And, and that's what I, I really use it for, you know, with my soccer players, most of them collegiate soccer players, uh, they're lean. Do I really care if they're 14% body fat or 15 and percent body fat? No, not if we're winning, they feel good. Everything, you know what I mean? Like th that, that doesn't come into play for me, but what does matter is I have someone that did his MCL and he, you know, he's been out eight weeks. He gets on that scanner and I see a drop in lean mass in that left leg. Okay. I'm going to take this. And obviously he's on some type of return to play programming, but then, you know, whether we're using GPS to monitor his, you know, direction of he's going right or left, is he still favoring that leg? Um, you know, is he gaining lean mass appropriately at this specific time in this return to play program? So I, I do think, you know, that's kind of where you, we see it enhancing performance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when my athletes always ask me, you know, like, hey, coach, like, why do you always do this? Like when we come back from summer break? And Jimmy, you probably get this as well. Um, but it's like, I, I need to make sure one that you didn't gain too much of the wrong stuff. And mm -hmm. I always broke it down like this, you know, you can't contract fat, right? So <laughs> you contract muscle and, and, you know, that extra fat when you're moving right and all of a sudden you need to change direction and move left, that fat still moves in the direction that you were going. Right. Yeah. And you can't control how your muscles move when there's extra fat on that. Your, your muscles have to work harder that increases fatigue and that puts you at a greater risk of, of, you know, not being able to complete a game or potentially having some type of, of, of non-contact injury. So that, that that's kind of where the, the basis of tracking body composition, you know, kind of comes from. Um, there, there are some pretty cool things in the research that show like, yeah, if you have X amount of uh, pounds more of, of, you know, what they call like non-essential fat, you do increase your, your rate of, of fatigue and you do increase your rate of injury because you're just not in shape to play. Unfortunately, you know, you're and, carrying around extra stuff that doesn't yeah, need to be there. And that's what I tell, especially my there. female athletes. I well, think you're right. There's a fine line because like, you don't want to tell them you have to be, you know, 18%, like what your actual right. percentage is doesn't matter, but is there a benefit, a performance benefit to having 30% or 40% body fat? Absolutely not for the reasons that you're mentioning. So is it beneficial for an athlete to have excess body fat? 
No, that's the point, right? Right, right. Yeah. I feel like he was looking at me when he was talking about, <laughs> uh, you know, no, you no, try no, to no. go right. I know he wasn't looking at you, Jenny, because uh, you guys are on my you guys are on the same side of my screen, so it was okay. A, okay, it was, uh, it was a double player. Looking at yeah, no. So I think that's very interesting though, Chris, the way that you're breaking it down. Yes, you're monitoring like preseason, postseason, in-season, right? You should be at your relatively lowest body fat when you're in-season and performing, et cetera. So yeah, you're looking at trends, but you also brought up some other really great things that you can do with that information, specifically looking at their muscle mass, if they're trying to gain some, lose some, if they're imbalanced in some way. Um, Bioelectrical impedance, which is BIA that he was referring to, um, is super important for that. Um, But I know I want to touch on this briefly, and then we'll come back to body composition. What else can we monitor? And I know you've done a lot of this in your career. What else can we monitor for athletes that can help them reduce their risk of injury or perform better? Yeah. And, and, you know, one, one thing people always laughed at me, but it was always my go-to. And, you know, you guys as coaches will appreciate this. I was always a fan of basic RPEs. Mm-hmm. Um, like, w- especially with my younger athletes, um, you know, on their programming, I would have like a session RPE um, or after they came off the field. Um, if I was with, the, you know, with the, the soccer team, I would ask them, you know, I'd pull them, like Dan comes off in the 78th minute um, sub comes on. I'll pull him aside. Dan, here's your chocolate milk. Here's, you know, here's your Gatorade. What was that? Like, what was that for you? One through 10. And, you know, Dan's six, like felt good, you know, felt great. Um, and, and I would just track that. And, and then it's cause it's always interesting is you, you have those guys and then you have a sub that goes on and, you know, I pull the sub off and it, Hey Jenny, how was that? And you're like, it's a two, but you're like pale. And, <laughs> and I was like, was it a two? Um, and so you can kind of start to see this. So honestly, something, if you don't have all the money in the world, basic session RPEs, tracking those over the course of whatever program you're doing. If we're in, you know, um, a GPP phase or a hypertrophy phase or, you know, a power phase as we're leading, like you're trying to peak for the season, track what they're feeling in those sessions. There's a r- lot of really cool research on, on kind of self-perceived RPE in sessions that kind of show like what rates of fatigue are later in whatever field sport they, they go and play or court sport. Um, from that though, you know, some things we've typically done. Uh, and again, I've, you know, with the collegiate sports, sometimes I think we have, we have too much money. So we just buy stuff to have stuff, but um, <laughs> some, some really good things, obviously I, I've always used is heart rate straps. You, yeah. you can't lie about your heart rate. Uh, yeah. Heart rate tells me exactly what I need to know. Like you tell me you feel great, but I look and see that you've spent 65 minutes in, in red. Um, I'm like, Oh, maybe we have some conditioning work to do. Right. Um, GPS, I think is pretty interesting. And the fact that when it first came out and I remember when, you know, an unnamed brand I use came out, um, it was, it was fresh, the U S we used it to see what it was like. Um, pretty expensive. And, you know, it was so expensive that even my, I was at a division one program, we leased it. Um, they were like, oh, I, don't, I don't know about this. Right. Um, but this company now has like units for individual purchase, which is pretty neat. Like you can go onto their website and purchase a unit for 75 bucks and track your own like training, which I think is pretty wild that you can just buy a GPS unit and now you have all your data. Um, so I, I think GPS is pretty interesting because a lot of those, you know, a lot of people, We'll use that um, as well, how fast am I? Top end speed. And there's a lot of cool things apart from that that I think really um, 
kind of show you what else the athlete is, is having issues with and, and kind of bringing it back to body composition. Um, I had a female basketball player, number one basketball player in the country. She came to, to play at, at our school um, her freshman year. So she came in with a torn ACL. So we, we did repeated BIA scans as she was getting better. Lean mass, obviously very, very low in that injured leg. Um, she was cleared for full contact, everything. She's ready to rock and roll. Um, I would do weekly scans, again, tracking that lean mass and that injured leg. Um, and what was interesting, though, is the GPS units we would wear would also track her, um, her change of direction. And even though knee was perfectly fine, she was putting on lean mass in that knee, she still would cut, I forget the, uh, like the percent breakdown, but it was, it was pretty one-sided. She was still favoring the uninjured leg, even though that knee was good to go. And so like at, at that point, then we were like, okay physiologically, she's good. Like, do we, you know, we get the team psych involved now because she clearly does not want to jump off that knee. Um, so body comp told me, Hey, it's good, but there's something else going on to where we're not at, at, at full performance yet, which is pretty crazy that we were able to see like left, 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 an occasional jump off the right, leg, left, left leg. So, um, pretty interesting like that, um, in terms of GPS usage, uh, and, and, you know, the last thing that I, I think has been pretty, pretty cool in, in my experience has been force plates. Um, yeah. Those are been kind of new and I think in an athletic performance setting. Um, again, they used to be like 30 grand for a force plate. Now you can buy, there is a brand, they have some that, you know, for, for two different force plates, they come together. Um, they're, they're roughly $1,500. Um, so it, it's come down quite a bit, but the data you get with that, um, jump curves, um, mid thigh pulls to test, test max strength during, uh, during season. Those are things that, again, when you have injured athletes, and this is what I've used it for, um, I have an injured athlete, I test body composition. Um, I'm going to make them do, uh, some, some vertical jump testing to look at peak power is peak power dropping off. Um, is that making them slower on the field? Um, I had some experience with, with uh, Division One football program, and that's what we use it for. They're classic for body composition during season. Those guys get beat up big time. And so most collegiate football players actually lose lean mass over the course of the season. I mean, they're getting hammered every week. Schedules are really busy. And so we would see guys get slow, slow, slow body comp, you know, they lose lean mass and losing muscle mass and, you know, their, their peak power suffers from that, which shows us on that, that jump curve. So basic, basic things that, you know, I tell people body comp gives you a good idea of what's going on. You know, you're losing or gaining. And then from there, what other tools can we use to say, how can I kind of intervene in this training process to not let this happen? If that makes sense. Want stronger abs and glutes? Who doesn't? What if I told you the secret to strength is actually within your feet? We just partnered with a company called Naboso, which has a sensory-based product line all designed to help strengthen feet faster. From their textured insoles, socks, and release tools, they're making foot health easier and more effective for both the trainer and your clients. If you're looking to hack your foot strength, then head to naboso.com and use the code ISSA20 for an exclusive 20% off. Again, that's N-A-B-O-S-O dot com and code I-S-S-A 20. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the jumpers, the little jump trainers? Like I, I actually work with volleyball a lot. So like yeah, they, yeah. they wear on their belt or in their socks that tracks the amount of jumps, their height, all that kind of stuff. What are your yeah. thoughts on those? 
I, I think so volume is the the biggest fatiguer uh, of like athletic performance in season. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they're jumping, you know, three, 400 times every single day, eventually you're going to see fatigue. Um, eventually again, you, you could see some, some lean mass related issues of they just can't jump as, as high or as, you know, or as powerful as they did at the beginning of the season. So, um, yeah, that those, you know, I've seen those, those were kind of coming around right as I was leaving the coaching game, um, especially with a sport with such repeated movements, not even jumping, but like, you know, all the overhand movements. I mean, volleyball is, uh, there's some wear and tear with low back ankles and shoulders. So uh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of cool devices out there. Is there anything, so field sport, Dan's kiddo plays lacrosse. Yeah. Are there any other things? I mean, is it similar to soccer? I mean, obviously they're not kicking the ball. They're, you know, it's in there a little, what do you call it? A little it? tougher. They're right, a little scoop. They're stick. <laughs> yeah. It's their stick. It's a lot net, Whatever it is. I don't know. I just know you have to keep rocking it back and forth. <laughs> but is there anything like specific for like, especially like the think high school level um, mm-hmm. athlete, would you do something different for a high school lacrosse player than you would for a college level lacrosse player? Yeah, I, I, I think the, the cool thing about high school aged athletes is there. I always thought like I could do more impactful things with them um, by just getting them in the weight room. And you I don't know your your son, probably he's probably on it. But, you know, even hey, did you eat today? Like, what have you eaten? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so it, those are the things that like I think with high schoolers. Um, I've always used session RPEs. Um, I really have. And, and, you know, I, and I tell them like, this is not me judging you. This is not me shaming you. I want to know how you feel. I want to know, can I put more weight on the bar? Can we do an, you know, an X amount more volume in your actual conditioning? Um, and you know, once they kind of get, understand that like, oh, this guy's actually trying to help me. They're super honest with RPEs. And then, you know, with my, my youth guys in the national team, um, you know, I see four, that four fours in a row, like their RPEs are, you know, fours, or I see, you know, on the other hand, three nines in a row. And I'm like, Hey, why is this so tough? And it's like, I had a kid, he was homesick. He said like, he's, he's been away for two weeks. Um, you know, before he left, he got in a little car crash and like, he's just like, I'm not having, I'm not having a good time. And so like, it was tough on him. Um, so, so I think with high schoolers, you know, they're still kids. Um, and that's the one thing I've always, you know, coming from a collegiate background that I had to like, Hey, these guys, they're not collegiate athletes. Um, talk to them and, and let them understand that you're, you're here, here to help whatever. And I, I kept it super, super basic with, with my high school guys um, versus, you know, with your college guys, you do have all the tech in the world that you, you can, you know, track sleep and, and, you know, they have a nutritionist there making them food after their lifts and things like that. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of those things with high schoolers as well. I always, always, always talk to the parents after the session. Um, it's one of those things like, this is what I'm seeing. And this is, you know, and, and most more often than not, the parents are all about it. They're like, yeah, I'll get him to eat. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's super simple. Or naughty. Yeah. 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 Well, that's awesome. So I, I want to sidestep just a bit before we wrap up here, uh, Chris, because we've really covered a lot of great information here. And frankly, Jenny and I had a list of questions, and I think we've knocked out the majority of those. But I'm really liking, you know, loving what you're when you're talking about technologies and what you're measuring, what you intend to move by measuring with those athletes. And 
in particular at a college level. Mm -hmm. So my question is, what about other technologies? Are you using like heart rate variability? You mentioned heart rate monitor, Mm -hmm. but are you using any of that technology to, uh, you know, assess recovery? 100%. 100%. So uh, HRV is the is the big thing we used with um, with heart rate. Um, and, and, you know, the, depending how quickly someone can drop back down to essentially their, their resting heart rate tells you a lot about their their aerobic conditioning. And, and you know, you, Dan, you, you probably fight this fight, Jenny, you fight this fight. I think aerobic conditioning and cardio has gotten kind of a bad rap lately. Um, but people forget, like, it is the base function of, of athletic performance. Like if if you don't got an engine, you're not going right. And, and yeah. so um, that's what HRV tells me is how quickly can we, I get you up, um, but also how quickly can you recover and, and go again? Um, so that that's mainly what I use when I, when I've looked at heart rate, um, it, it's HRV, um, but also um, I, positional tactical things like, you know, for, from across, for example, what, what do my middies look like compared to my, to my attack? Um, you know, middies typically probably run a little bit more than the other, the other two positions. Um, so if I have this kid versus this kid and, you know, this kid just sits, you know, 140 beats, doesn't ever get up to it, doesn't ever drop below it. But then I have another kid that's always bumping up and down. I I probably know who's the fitter of, of my two midfielders. Um, and and so that's typically how, how we, we looked at that. Um, and, you know, and that's not shaming the kid that's maybe not a sitter, but maybe we need to do a little bit of extra conditioning outside of, of, of training to, to make sure again, we're, we're at a place where we're, we're fit enough to play and fit enough, fit enough to do the demand of our position in sport. You know, it's, it's funny when uh, I first got into the triathlon world, my mentor uh, who I reference a lot, we've had as a guest Rodney Korn and I were chatting around aerobic fitness and fitness in general and, and heart rate and recovery and so forth. And he said, you know, Dan, if you really want to do a triathlon where you're measuring the aerobic fitness, you ought to consider like you have to swim X laps, but then you can't swim another lap until you've recovered to 65% of max heart rate. Then you get to go again and, and you can't go again until you've recovered to 65 and then, you know, so on and so forth. And that always resonates with me when I'm training and I'm doing my intervals, heart rate recovery work is how fast am I recovering back down to 65% or lower? And the faster that happens, the more I feel I've progressed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. And, you know, I'm, I'm a runner, so you probably get this as well. Like there's some days where, you know, you're, you're it's meant to be a long, slow, steady run, but then yeah. you're like, why, why is it, why am I up this high? And you're like, I have no idea. You know, just like, take it back, relax. Or you know, like wait till you get back to a spot where you can, you know, actually train the way that this program was meant to be. To Absolutely. Be yep. Absolutely. Yep. Jenny's a runner, huh, Jenny? Absolutely not, Chris. I don't even run when being chased. It's a. <laughs> She's a bodybuilder though, so she doesn't have to run. That's fair. fair. I chose a sport where I don't have to run. And volleyball, it's just short bursts, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Now, I'm interested though too, Chris, you mentioned some BIA devices. Do you have any specific ones? Does Evolt have any? Are there any out there that you would recommend? And I'm talking like different price points because it's always nice to recommend that $5,000 in-body machine, right? But not everybody can afford that. Yeah. So, you know, with BI, the, the thing that I, I caution people and maybe not caution, but I just want people to know that, you know, they're, 
while it's all the same technology, it's always going to be a different algorithm, you know? So mm-hmm. what eBolt has to Embody versus Tanita versus Sika, they're all going to read slightly different. And, and most of that technology, typically you'll, you'll see about a one to 4% variance in, in, in body fat percent. And, you know, granted, everyone typically, that's the first number they're drawn to, whether, you know, we like it or not, I try to coach away from that, but you know, that is the question I'm always asked. So that's the one thing I always caution. So, you know, if someone has an in-body scan, they come and do an e-volt scan, they go and do a Sika scan, they might see 14%, they might see 16.2, and then they might see 17.1. Unfortunately, that's what we see with the technology. What I then let people know is, you know, how often are you going to use this and, and you know, how in depth are we going to use it? Cause you, you can get a handheld BIA off of Amazon for 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, and, and it's all based on the compartments that we measure. Right. And, and so typically those handhelds or the scales that you have, I have one at home. It's a scale. It tells me I weight every morning, but it also just happens to give me my body fat percent. Some, some days great. Some days not so great. Um, <laughs> so no, but that's, those are all two compartment models. So essentially a, a current moves through two, two compartments and then essentially estimates the other three compartments. Um, so, you know, if you see these full body scanners where you're standing on it, but then there's some type of handle component, those are typically five compartment models. So each arm, each leg, as well as the torso. It's nice is you're going to see less variance on that because you you are measuring more tissue. So the the accuracy and the reliability of a, you know, a scan to scan tracking and monitoring that is much higher. Granted, those typically are a little bit more expensive. You'll probably see those, you know, in the five to $7,000 range, but um, those are also, again, what you would see in high-end weight rooms, uh, research labs, things like that. Um, so it, it just kind of depends. And, and, you know, with uh, what I say with BI is, you know, if you're comparing it to DEXAs and things like that, you're going to see obviously some, some variance. But um, a lot of the research does show that in terms of scan-to-scan tracking, BI is a, a very valid technology to use. Um, it, it just depends on, you know, when you're shopping, how often is it going to be used, and, and what are you actually looking for? If, if this is just going to be one off, like, you know, random people come up and grab, then sure, you know, a two compartment model might be perfectly fine uh, versus, you know, if, if this is going to be part of your your gym, part of your, you know, your member retention or part of your your athlete retention or some type of, you know, you're using this to, to track certain phases of, of training, then, you know, I, I do think the five compartment model would probably be best served for, for your coaching purposes, truly. Yeah. Um, but you know, like you said, price points, they can be from, you know, $50 to, you know, $7,000. It just kind of depends on kind of the bells and whistles that come with it as well. Um, you know, a lot of them I think is really neat. They have apps end user apps. So mm-hmm. now your apps can track their own progression. Um, even if, you know, they go home for the summer and, and you don't see them, um, if they have a gym somewhere that has that same technology, um, they can get on there and do their off season programming that there's, they're supposed to be doing, um, and they can, you know, make sure things are, are going the way they, they need to go, which um, is, re- is really neat that, you know, now you have a system that speaks to each other um, and, and, you know, they can present you with that data as, as you know, coaches see fit. 
I love that. Yeah. Cause there are so many different models. We always talk in like boot camp with people who are just getting into the field about like the Renfo scales that you can mm-hmm. find on Amazon. I personally have one and yeah. they actually good for Renfo because they actually updated their software. Like somewhere in the last year, they now have an athlete mode air quotes. So Wait. you click that and it's, it's far more accurate. Cause I am, I'm that person that does DEXAs yep. three or four times a year. So mm-hmm. I know pretty precisely where my body fits yeah. at. And it's sure. always been off by like 10 or 12% in the regular mode, but in athlete oh. mode, it's only off by like two or 3%. Yeah. So at least and I'm looking at trends, like you said. And 100%. Up or down. And you nailed it. And I think a lot of people, you know, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that if you are athletically built, you do carry a bit more muscle. It's one of those things that chances are, you know, with BI technology, we are using some aggregated population data, you know. I'm five foot 10, 182 pounds as of this morning. So they're using it, you know, in that software, in that, that algorithm, they're taking, okay, he's five foot 10, he's a 182 pound, 31 year old male. This is typically what we see in terms of, you know, body tissue breakdown. If you don't fall within that lovely distributed bell curve, that's where you start to see some of those numbers, like, like yourself, you know, it, you are leaner. Um, you carry more muscle than your average population. And so, you know, that, that will skew a little bit. And, and m- most models, you know, your higher end models do account for, for that, you know, athletic population or, or that population that maybe is a slight outlier compared to the general public. Yep. Yep. Nice. So there are things out there, Dan, you should talk to him off the air and see what you can get. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, look, here's the facts uh, that, I reached out to them originally just for that. I'm like, I could get one of these because I'm training my high school athlete son. Yeah. And he does exactly what he's asked, by the way. He's a great client. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I, 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 and I just tell him, look at your shirt, dude. Look at your abs in the mirror every day. Give me your weight every day. Um, and that's good enough for now. But it, I would love to be able to take it to the next level because to your point, he dropped over 10 pounds of body weight during the lacrosse season. And based on visual, I would say most of that was in body mass. It's just tough to keep it on, you know, when you're running every day and playing sports. So he was sad. Uh, and now we're building it back on. But, but having some way of measuring that just a little bit more uh, because he's very analytical, like the three of us. I think that would be beneficial. So I'm like, I'm going to reach out to these guys. Then I had so much fun talking to you. I'm like, shoot, let's just get them on the podcast. Well, Dan, I'll uh, I'll talk to Ashley, you know. All right. She's there literally in the other room. So I'll let her know. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's how it is, folks. I got to snivel on the podcast in front of thousands of people. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about Evil. What, what devices are you guys actually talking about right now? And how can our listeners find you, Chris? Yeah, so Evolt, um, Australian-based company. Um, we're, we're rolling up steam here in the U.S. We've been in the U.S. three years, which is really cool that, you know, during COVID, they actually, you know, um, I joined right after COVID, but during COVID, business business as usual, which is, is pretty cool. So um, especially, you know, Australia had some pretty strict lockdowns, so that was pretty yeah. Um, now that things are open, um, we're rolling. Um, almost, you know, sometimes I'm like, whew. Catch my breath a little bit, but um, we do do body scanning, BIA five compartment models. So you know, on the on the range of things, you would see us a little bit, you know, higher range. Um, the cool thing about Evil that kind of makes us exclusive to other brands. If someone you know wants to check us out, um, we do have a coach's software that comes with it. Um, 
everything we we do is cloud-based. You scan, it drops into the coach's dashboard where they can track. You get reporting, you get um, your athlete progression, progression. Um, you get, you know, if you're on the commercial side, there's some cool business retention reports of, hey, I haven't seen Dan in six weeks. Um, you know, his last three scans, I don't know. Um, where's he gone? Like you'll get a list of those people. Right. And, and so it, it does kind of cater to the athlete as well um, as, as the commercial side of it. Um, with that software, again, we do kind of, you know, the, the coin is it is a retention tool for, again, whoever you're coaching. You have the data and now show them this is what's happening in your this is what I have programmed for you. This is, you know, this is what we're seeing. And whether that's changing athletic performance or, you know, help getting them healthier, um, you now can, can show them actual, you know, raw objective data. Of, this is how you have changed since I've been working with you. Um, and again, we, we do have an end user app, which is free for the user. So um, if you all ever scan on an eVolt, you download the app, your data is there. Uh, and the cool thing about it is, you know, I'm in South Carolina. So if you all come over here to Charleston and you scan, when you go back home and you go to your eVolt back home, you will still see your data from Charleston. So they, they, it's any machine in the world speaks to each other, which is pretty cool, um, especially when you do have, you know, online training clients and, and athletes that are dispersed mm -hmm. all around. So um, that is a little bit about eVolt. Um, you can find us at eVolt360.com. Um, you'll see uh, a wonderful headshot of me there on the website, you know, way far down at the bottom of the list where, you know, where I belong. Um uh, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind. No, no. But um, if anyone has direct questions for me, I am more than happy to I'll just throw the email out here. It's pretty simple. Um, it's my name, Chris dot reader, R-E-A-D-E-R at evolt360.com. Um, so any questions, any comments, anything that they need, um, it's an open email. So they, they are more than welcome to, to shout them out at me. Awesome. Thank you for that. So uh, full disclosure, I've been looking at the in-body, like home, they have a, a scale now for home with the little yep. handle that pops up and stuff. I've been looking at one of those. I think I'm going to have to talk with you a little offline about getting an evil because I'm a lifetime athlete. So this would be sure. super cool to have and it's portable so I can take it to my, my sure. athletes. Sure. Um, super interesting. I love that there's so much out there to your point. Um, lots of different cool stuff out there. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely going to look Any into this. <laughs> right on. Right on. Well, this has been good. Dan, any takeaways today? That doesn't contract, Jenny. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> that's that's my takeaway for the day. That's, that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. For me, it was a big, it was a mind shift. I mean, I've been doing this for 14, 15 years now. And like, when I think of body composition, I think of body fat, right? The fat specifically, which does not contract. You are absolutely correct, gentlemen. But like, Hearing Chris talk about it, though, you kind of have to flip the way you're thinking about it. Body composition measures quite a bit of things. And you don't have to just look at somebody's body fat percent, like their body fat itself, the adiposity of that person. You can look at the muscle mass, the lean tissue, the things that we want to keep is the way I always tell people. It's your hair, your eyes, your skin, your bone, your muscles, all the things you want to keep. Yeah. Right. You can look at that. That's more what we're concerned about versus the actual body fat part for some people. So it's kind of a, a mind shift for me. And I appreciate that. Amen to the hair part, by the way. Yes, we do want to keep <laughs> Your that. hair, you definitely want to keep that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so much fun. Yeah, guys, it was good meeting you guys. Dan, always a pleasure, sir. Ditto, ditto. Thanks for being here.
Absolutely. And thank you guys for listening. Go back, re-listen, go check out the evil. But guys, as always, we appreciate you being here. Go out there into the world, do all of the things, be fruitful, and as always, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Oh, 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 o